Hello and welcome to the Daily Reprieve Podcast, where the sexaholic or sex addict can find experience, strength, and hope from those that have traveled this road ahead of us. This episode is produced in the spirit of the 12th step to carry the message to other sexaholics. Every effort has been made to remove full names of the speakers in these recordings. This is done in order to follow the 11th tradition regarding anonymity at the level of press, radio, television, and film. This podcast is self-supporting through contributions. If you enjoy listening to this podcast and would like to support The Daily Reprieve, please do so by going to GoFundMe.com, search for The Daily Reprieve, and click on Donate Now. Without further ado, please enjoy today's Daily Reprieve. The floor's yours, Ron. It is. Okay, good morning or afternoon or wherever you are. Thank you for joining and thanks uh, for the opportunity to be of service. Today's subject is acceptance. And I'd like to start off with a prayer. And it is from the Step Into Action book, page 51. It's called The Second Prayer. God, I give you this day to establish the work of my hands, the steps of my feet, the words of my mouth, the direction of my gaze, the thoughts of my mind, and the attitude of my heart. Amen. So acceptance is, I think, one of the cornerstones of my, has been of my recovery. It's one of the hard things about it. And uh, we just ended the, with the serenity prayer, uh, which says, uh, God grant me the serenity to accept. And acceptance means as I'm not in charge. That the world about me, I'm a part of it, but I'm no longer in charge. And when I get my ego out of the way, then I have some serenity and some peace because I'm accepting the world as it is, not as Ron would like to have it or as Ron thinks it ought to be. <clears throat> and I thought about in preparation, one of the first things I realized when I came into the program, and by the way, I guess I'm supposed to say my sobriety date. My sobriety date is December 1st, 2005. And um, so coming in, I felt that I would not be accepted. That if you knew who I truly was, you wouldn't accept me. Uh, and that is just the opposite of what I found. I also thought that, you know, if I really share the real truth and show you the real wrong, take off the facade, the mask, um, the acting of portraying who I want you to think I am, and if you saw the real me, who I had become, you would, the group would say, you know, there's another group across town that's probably better suited for you that I would be ostracized. But what I found was not only acceptance, but love. Nobody shunned me. And that was uh, the first, I think, experience of true acceptance that I had ever encountered um, in my life. Because I always felt before that I wouldn't be accepted. So, Acceptance, uh, and I think most people find that when they go to the meeting. We're here to help the newcomer. We're here to help anybody we can. And that's another thing that hopefully we're down the road we talk about is service, but that's being of service. But the subject is acceptance. And there's quite a bit in our latest, um, I looked last night, the latest uh, real connection. Come back to the index, and there's over 20 days 
where acceptance is part of that is used in that in that day's reading for that particular day. Whether it's I'm accepted by somebody, I have to accept. And not only is I, accepting me, is me accepting the world. And um, in the AA Alcoholics Anonymous book, um, there's a story it's in the four, I think it's 410 or something, but at 4, 418, 417, excuse me, if you let me read, acceptance is the answer to all my problems today. When I am disturbed, it is because I find some person, place, thing, or situation, some fact of my life unacceptable to me, and I can find no serenity until I accept that person place, thing, or situation as being exactly the way it is supposed to be at this moment. Nothing, absolutely nothing happens in God's world by mistake. And then further down at the bottom of the page, it says, when I complain about me or about you, I am complaining about God's handiwork. I am saying I know better than God. And that, um, really hit me when I, when I read that phase because that was one of my biggest challenges in living on earth is accepting you. Uh, you never did anything the way I thought it should be. Uh, you had the wrong attitude. Da, 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 da. It just wasn't very world and I and so because I found it so unacceptable unacceptable that I resorted early in life to fantasies and sex that just kept growing and growing and growing uh, the addictive wave or the uh, acting out or the symptoms of the disease got worse and worse and worse and worse um, until I finally uh, came into the program uh, almost 13 years ago. And learning acceptance is, um, I guess I'll share this experience at this time. Early on, um, I had somebody ask me, uh, did I have any change in my pocket? And I said, yes. And they asked me to take out a piece and I took it out and they asked me to put my foot on that piece of, uh, that coin and to hold my arm out and then asked me to do a 360 on that. And I did. And then they asked me to pick it up and come over to where they were. And when I did, they came over to me and they pointed right at my heart and said, when you accept, that's all the control in this world you have. Life's going to get better for you. And it really, really annoyed me, but it, it is so true in my life. Uh, to the point of hanging, I wrapped this, I don't know if you can see it. This is a uh, hula hoop. Not the largest one they have. It's not the very smallest one, but it's one I can get in the middle of and hold both sides of it. And, and it hangs on my coat rack. And it's a reminder every day that if I stand in that and try to manage or surrender, that that's all, the, all, all I can change in this world is wrong. In fact, um, somebody else once told me that the first rule of life is the only thing I can ever change is me. Um, and that is true for me. And so I have this whole hoop there that just kind of, on a when I put a coat on or get ready to go out and, and pick up the car keys or whatever, it's hanging right there. It is a visual reminder to me that my job is to stay within and not try to manage anybody else's life. Um, the other things that I have uh, found on page, uh, also in the Alcoholics Anonymous Big Book, referred to, and in talking about how it works, on starts on page 66, goes to 67, and I'll read the whole paragraph. 
This, of course, we realized that people who wronged us were had spiritually sick. And this is the part I, I leave that is, though we did not like their symptoms and the way they disturbed us or me, they, like ourselves, were sick too. We asked God to grant us to show them the same tolerance, pity, patience that we would cheerfully grant a sick friend. When a person offended, we said to ourselves, this is a sick man. How can I be helpful to him? God, save me from being angry. Thy will be done. <clears throat> and when I'm willing to do that, look at another human being as a sick friend, I then generate surrender and empathy. And I'll go back to the, uh, the one on acceptance there and the first one I read. On my boat, in the, in the margin, I put three letters, and it's S-A-G, and, and they stand for surrender. And when I surrender, then I'm able to be willing to be ex acceptable of whatever this situation is. And then after I do the acceptance part of it, I gain my serenity back. And that is the most precious gift I've ever had in my life um, that was given to me that I didn't do anything. Um, you know, again, the serenity prayer, God grant me the serenity to accept. Uh, I don't have to like it. I don't have to. It's, it's like accepting people on earth. I don't have to like you. But I have to love you as my brother or sister is the way I look at it. And so acceptance is the beginning of my recovery. I did not come in to SA to uh, do 12 steps. I did not come in here to do, I came in to save my third marriage. Uh, and I was looking for the shortest way out the door. Um, but somewhere in that first three to six months, what I saw was people in this fellowship were happy and joyous and free. And when things came their way that they, which, <coughs> excuse me, which I thought were, I don't know how you can do that and still have joy in your life. I don't know how you can be so calm about this. Um, Truly, things came their way that I found unacceptable and that would have just sent me off the end. And they, they had serenity about it. And I figured out this was a way for me, my chance, to save me. Um, and so in going through the steps... You know, I had to trust. I didn't believe they'd work. Um, you know, I was sponsoring people <clears throat> after I finished my fifth step. Um, and before I got to uh, the ninth, if you'd have asked me, is this going to work? I'm going to tell you, I, I sure hope it does because I got no place else to go. Uh, but when I finished my ninth step, um, Without a doubt, I know this works. Without a doubt. Um, every bone fiber in my, in my being tells me that if you will accept this program and walk through these steps with a sponsor who's bonded them before, who has what you have, and will accept whatever they say. Don't need to understand why. I still don't know why this works. I just know it works. Um, and the book, book in AA and, and talks about an action doing it. And we have a, a great book to step into action to, to walk a sponsee through. But they have to be willing to do the acceptance part. Um, and, then, and then also accept the promises when they come. We all 
have them. They're there for us if we're willing to reach out and do the work. Um, you know, there's no thing that, you know, you want to feel better, go to a meeting. You want to be better, get better, do the steps. I'm a real proponent of the steps in the inventories, but I have to accept it. And, and, and acceptance was, was real hard, and again, with the four step. Um, I, I did not like to accept who I had become. I always thought of myself as the nice guy. And you know, nobody knows, so I'm not hurting anybody. Well, that, that's me lying to myself. So I had to accept exactly who I had become. And it wasn't a pretty picture from, from my point of view and probably a lot of others. But accepting that, uh, I listened to a lot of tapes from a lot of speakers. And um, <clears throat> these, these one person said one time, which resonated with me was, until you do your fourth step, you're still the victim in this process because you don't know what you need to change. So I had to then accept who I had become to decide who do I want to be, who I had become to decide who I want to be now. And it, uh, it, it's a process. This is a process of changing me. Uh, but I have to be the willingness, it was mentioned in the last, the how. Honesty, open-minded, and willing. Well, there's that, that H word in there, honesty. Sometimes I didn't even know what the truth was. Today, I know. <clears throat> and the other, other part about that is um, I don't have to focus on how to manage the truth. The, the truth is the truth. <clears throat> which in my addiction, I always tried to do. So in, in acceptance of who I've become, now, now I know a starting point of where I want to go. And I figured out what that means for me. I also know that when I accept this situation, whatever it is, good, bad, what I think of it is good or bad, is what it's supposed to be. <clears throat> and I need to <clears throat> offer to be of service, but not control. I, uh, and I've had to learn a lot of this stuff as an adult that I should have learned as a child. And, and I did. <clears throat> and I, I don't blame anybody. It's just what it was. Um, but see, I, before I wanted to blame everybody else and that's where the inventory came in. So important is what was my part? And then can I accept that? Um, you know, in most cases I contributed to that and the book talks about, it doesn't matter percentage wise who's wrong or percentage of how wrong they are, it's what I did. Uh, I need to take responsibility for all my actions. And, and I accept the, the fact that I was not a nice human being. I hurt a lot of people. <laughs> but I also know that through this process, I believe um, I did everything the programs asked me to do. And I've ever done everything my creator, the God of my understanding, has asked me to do, to make it right. And in doing that, I was able to go of the shame and guilt and accept that I'm not perfect. I mess up every day um, because I just am. And, and, and the great news is I have the tools today, which is what I think of as the 10 step. When I'm wrong, promptly admit it. You know, I never told a human being I was wrong until I came into this program. And for the first couple of months going through the 
the process, my wife and I had a few discussions about what promptly meant. Since I'd never said that to anybody, I thought I had a limited number of supply um, of saying I'm wrong. And that, uh, so I would not make an amends until I ran it by my sponsor. In the day, you know, I don't hesitate when I screw up to say, that was wrong of me. How do we make it right? And, and when I can do that, I can go forward. But it's a beginning part of accepting that I did something wrong. And I owe that person a man. And, you know, we end up with... Um, Throughout our day, or at least throughout my day, I should say, I have the opportunity to correct my mistake, mistakes, my screw-ups, my there. But then at the end of the day, I also have the another opportunity to just kind of review. I always think of it as like the old VCRs. I fast forward the movie, <laughs> and I fast forward through my life, and and there, and over time and time. And practice and practice and it's called working the steps you get to the point that you live the steps and in living the steps I have to always watch out for my attitude and my mouth and my actions are they appropriate do I owe anybody an amends and when I do come up with that I need to accept it and then go make it right. Um, I, I get this opportunity to do this. And I guess one of the blessings of recovery for me has been um, in page 90 of the 12 and 12 are the 22 worst words I've ever read in my life. And they are, it's a spiritual action that anytime Ron is disturbed, no matter what the cause, there's something wrong with Ron. And I really disliked it because it's probably the most truest thing I've ever read in my life about me. And so when I'm disturbed, I now have the tools. And sometimes, you know, my ego creeps in and I don't want to, I don't want to accept that. And the good news is my creator will let me get just as miserable as I want to be. And then I'm willing to surrender and say, okay, what's wrong? And I get the answer. And then I get the chance to go make it right. But the first starts with accepting that I'm disturbed. Um, there's something wrong with me. And when I get to that acceptance part of that part, this program has laid out how to resolve that in a good way, in a civilized way. And I think in a godly way or higher power, whatever choose, term you choose to call your, your creator. And so that's, that's what I feel, think about acceptance. And, and when I'm in acceptance and when I'm in um, that area of my life, that serenity, again, this, this, Alcoholics Anonymous Big Book is, is such a, a great book that um, has so much in it, as does the, the, the white book. I, I'm, um, I think uh, Roy was inspired um, and had a lot of help in writing the white book. So, um, uh, this, this is what, when I accept life exactly as it is, and when I, when I approach everybody as a, a sick human being, and everybody has something baggage that they're carrying, uh, probably the most honest people I've ever met in, in are in rooms of SA, um, and those people of the outside the room 
we all carry something. And, and I've been able to lay my baggage down. And I have the tools to lay it down daily. And when I'm willing to do that, accept that. Here's what I get. The day I reside, and this is a, a, a story, page one, 318, My Chance to Live. The author writes, The day I reside among the living, no better, no worse than any of God's other children. The day I look in the mirror when shaving and smile rather than shy away from looking myself in the eye. Today, I fit my skin and at a peace with myself and the world around me. And, and that, that gift is, is so precious for me because I never felt I fit my skin. I never felt there. And, and I can stay present today. Yesterday's gone. Hopefully, if I have anything that I messed up with yesterday, I will take care of the first part of the day, today, and then I try to stay out of tomorrow. Because um, that's where I lived, in the past or the future, for most of my life, until I came into SA. Um, so I think that's what I have. If anybody has any questions, I'd be glad to answer, but... Um, I, I talked for about for a while, so I would willing to take any questions anybody would like to ask about anything, but around acceptance. Do you do you see the questions, Ron? Thank you very much for your share. Do you Thank have you. the question page open? Beg your pardon. Do you have the question page open? No, I don't, sir. Okay. Uh, so the I can read it to you meanwhile. There's a, there's a link in the chat here that we're in, if, in the Zoom that you'll be okay. able to see. You'll be able to link to it as well and see it yourself. The, the, the first question that came in was a very interesting question. It was, does acceptance sometimes require specific positive actions? That was from Ron, from Seattle. Okay. Yes, it does. Uh, for me... I had to put my ego and pride and accept the program, except that I'm not who I foresaw myself to be. I, I was hitting myself or lying to myself or was in denial, which means I don't even know I'm lying that, you know, like my acting out. Nobody knew until I was exposed, got caught, what I was doing. So I lied to myself and said, I'm not hurting anybody. Nobody knows. Um, and acceptance is, one of them is the truth. You have to accept the truth. For me, What what is the truth? The truth is um, I have a a disease called alcoholism, a sexaholism. I'm also a recovering alcoholic. And so I have a disease called sexaholism. You know, and the way I describe it is when I came in here, I had an allergy to lust, an obsession with sex, and a spiritual malady. And, and uh, you know, I still have that allergy to lust. I don't have an obsession with sex or lust. And I think I have a good spiritual life. But I know that, and I have to make sure that I keep those in that, that perspective. Because if I don't, stay in reality is the fact. I'll give this example. The most I've ever gone in almost 13 years without going to a meeting, time-wise, is 19 days. And I've, you know, been on vacation. And, and when I travel, most of the time, I try to find a meeting somewhere around there. But if there's not, I've been 19 days without a meeting. And when I, when I, I've always come home with the thought of, you know, I, I could cut back on meetings. I don't need to go as many meetings 
I'm doing okay. Until I come back in and sit down in the next meeting and sit down there and hear my brothers and sisters talk and realize, no, you, you were not doing as well as you think. You were doing okay, but you weren't doing as well as you think. And so I have to accept that. I'm going to be going to meetings the rest of my life. In fact, I go to a morning meeting, and I can't think of a better way to start my day. Is with a couple of uh, half a dozen to dozen and a half men who are the most honest men in the world. They come in and share exactly where they're at and share their, their sorrows, but also share what I look for in their meetings is that they're working the program and their plan program is working. That if I stay in this program, that if I stay on this path, you know, I don't go to all the internationals, but I go to as many as I can. And one of the things I do is I go buy all the CDs as soon as I get there. Cause those are all the meetings I don't have to go to. Cause I got them on tape. And then I pick the ones I want to go to that aren't being recorded. And then I kind of catch up with the guys that got 15, 20, 25 years of recovery to see what my future is going to look like when I get 20 years, 25 years. Uh, so I guess the short answer is first thing you have to do is be truthful with yourself and then follow what you've been taught in this program. Do you have another one, Daniel? Yes, we do. Thank you so much, Ron. The, uh, the next question is from Marsha. Uh, she asked if you could talk a minute about being recovered versus knowing that you're always an addict and vulnerable to that disease. Well, I, I guess that's part of the acceptance is that there is no cure. I, I, but if I am not spiritually fit, emotionally fit, mentally fit, physically fit, uh, I, I run at risk. I've seen too many people uh, with five, 10, the most I've heard of is 14 years. Give up 14 years before um, what I would think is um, a moment of unfitness that, you know, my addict's always going to be there with me. I just have to check it in, I guess, if you want to call it. You know, there's no saying. While I'm in a, while I'm in a meeting trying to get well um, or better, um, my addict's out in the push parking lot doing push-ups. That part of me, that is my last resort, is to go back to, to that. And, and, and the answer for me is stay spiritually fit. Um, and that, that starts off with every day. I do not get out of bed until I've said a certain prayers. And, and when I say those prayers, because I found that if I, if I, if I wake up, I've overslept and you want, my first reaction is, is to jump out of bed and just rush in to the day. Well, I found out in over the years that, Another 10 minutes isn't going to end the world. I'll just, wherever I'm supposed to be, I'm going to be late, but I'm going to be 10 minutes later because I choose, and again, the word is choose, to start my day with prayer. And throughout the day is prayer. Um, you know, some people are going to talk about recovery. And, and you know, Roy Kay says, you know, sober is not well. And he's absolutely right. It's not. Um, in, in the AA world, they call it white knuckling. And, and to get past that is the program of working the 12 steps with a sponsor. So I think the, the part about 
I guess I'll say it too is, is you know, the, one of the things is uh, we have in our book is halt, hungry, angry, tired. You know, those are four indicators for, for, for me, you know. And when I started, the first two were the heart because I was really good at shoving emotions down the way. And I was really good at being really angry. Uh, I was angry most of the time. But what sparked that was being hungry or tired. And those are two physical things I could take care of. And then I've learned afterwards that those others are there too. Um, and so trying to keep a balance in my life of all those factors, you know, um, and understand that they will, will fluctuate. But if they're all within a certain range, I'm generally doing pretty good. But I do know that there's no guarantee, you know. This coin, which is a 24-hour coin, is all I got. Um, now, I have a lot of past experience, and I have a lot of past uh, victories, but it doesn't guarantee tomorrow. And so it, it means I need to always be trying to grow in my recovery and in my spiritual life. That's the biggest two things I can do to guard against um, a relapse. Hope that long answer first. Yeah, we've got time. Long answers are, are great. Um, the next question um, is with regards to finances. Uh, if you could give a little bit of guidance on, on acceptance with regards to finances, a great question. I think, um, I don't, I don't think I know anyone who doesn't, you know, have a uh, fear of financial security. Um, and it's, it's the one, you know, it's one of the stickiest points for all of us. Um, and, it, and the, the point of Emmanuel's question was, especially when there's others that are reliant on us, you know, family, employees. Thanks, Ron. Well, acceptance of, you know, we all think we need more. Most of us do. Uh, my life would be better if I won the multi-million-dollar lottery. Um, and I'm not sure that's the case. Financial was a real, real problem with me as a young person and, and as I got older and stuff. And uh, because of family history. So I put, put financial security is very high on my list of things, but also too, um, <clears throat> I guess my addiction to presidents over that. I spent an awful lot of money in my addiction. Um, I've heard some people do, uh, in their first step, kind of calculate the time they spend and the money they spend in their addiction. And when I first came into the program, I thought, well, that's a big waste of time. Because uh, you can't get the time back, nor can you get the money. Um, but I've also changed in the fact of, how much time did you spend? How much money did you spend? And, you know, just ballpark it, but just, but that also shows the unmanageability of your life. Because in my addiction, my addiction came first. What I wanted, what I needed came before anything else. So I spent a lot of money on it. What I found today is if I really, it sometimes for me is a test of, my ability or lack of ability to trust the God of my understanding. Um, I've been provided for every day of my life. Um, you know, there's a, there's a thing when, when you get, and yes, we came in here with a lot of, a lot of money issues at the start, but they've been resolved. Um, 
And that's because I did what I needed to do. Uh, you know, in the day, you know, when, when money issues come up, you know, I turn it over to God, you know, um, of my understanding and, and trust again, except that God's going to take care of me. Um, he has so far, so not try to get worked up and worry over and then look for the solutions that God's going to give me. Uh, maybe that is okay. I don't make enough right now. So I need to go get a part-time job. Um, I need to cut back on this. What is the essential things that I really need to do? And so I think finances um, do play a part because I think most of us did. Um, one way, shape, or form or another, committed uh, money to, to our addiction, to support our addiction. And, and that changes. It's like time. You know, I never had time for anything else. I'm always thinking about my addiction. Where's my next um, lust, injection of lust, um, ability to act out, blah, 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 is coming from. And I don't have to do that. I share with people all the time that, you know, um, walking behind a lawnmower, cutting the grass for two to three hours was a great place for me before I came into addiction because it gave me two or three hours solitude by myself to line up all the lies. And if I told Bob this lie and told Daniel this lie and they start talking, what am I going to come up with the third lie? Try to, my, my way of lining all the lies up so that I got answers from them all. And today, I find it the most boring thing in the world to do because I don't have to do that anymore. It's just like I don't have to worry about money. I know it's there. I just got to go. Go get it. You know, whatever shape, way, form it is. But I got to do it where, when the end of the day, I can look myself in the mirror and smile and be at peace and fit my skin. Hope that helps. Thank you so much, Ron. Okay, a couple of um, comments from um, from some people, rather than a little bit of feedback. Angie said, thank you, Ron, for such a beautiful, insightful message about acceptance. I, too, love that phrase, if I'm disturbed, it is me. Thank you so much. And David in Chicago said, I love the reminder that I also need to be acknowledging the promises when they happen in my life. So thank you for that. We have a question from Shabnam. Um, which was just for you to talk a little bit further about this concept of living in reality, uh, about this reality. Um, he says that it seems to be so much more important for me now because of the world that I faced th during sobriety. And he just asked you to share a little bit of your experience, what that means living in reality for you. Living in reality. Okay. Um, you know, I'll, I'll share this. I have this, this thought about, we all, about addictions in general, and this is my personal view, most people end up in an addiction because of trying to escape. And what they're trying to escape is something true, untrue, known, or unknown. And what I'll say about that is, is um, I'll use me. I can have two sisters, and so if we sit around and we talk about something in the past, in particular about, let's talk about a fight mom and dad had. Um, you ask them what their view of it is, because I was challenged to do this in my recovery, was when I went to talk to them about my childhood and stuff. And so I need to listen and take notes and not try to analyze it and all that. But so I would go and I would say, you remember such and such? And they'd say, yeah. And I said, tell me what you remember about it. And they'd tell me, and it's not what I remember. And then I'd ask the other sister, and it's, do you remember this? Yeah, well, tell me about it. And sometimes theirs two's matched, and mine didn't, and sometimes none of us match. So what is the real truth? It's, 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 it's for, for me, it's what I perceive it to be. It might not be the real truth. 
And so then I have to look at that other story about the truth. I share a story. Um, I was whole five years in recovery and this guy called up in program and just ripped me a new one about all his feelings about where I was, what I was doing, da, 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 da. And he was using a lot of uh, cuss words and um, one of my character defects was my mouth uh, and the way I used it to cuss and stuff. And I try not to do that anymore. So I finally said, if you say another cuss word, I'm hanging up. And I did. And I was really angry with this guy. So I called my sponsor who answered right away, uh, which really surprised me, but he did. And I told him what happened and he said, okay, what do we, what do we know? We know he's a sick individual. Yep. What do we do? Well, we pray for him. Okay, let's pray. And I said, well, I'm driving down the road. And he says, well, you can drive down the road, talk to me. You can drive down the road and pray. So we prayed. Anyway, long and short of it is, I then called him back. And we had a discussion, and I told him I wanted to, that his truth and my truth were different, but it was for him was the truth. And so when somebody comes up and tells me or gives me another view, of the truth, my job is to take that and think about it and pray about it and ponder it. Um, because one of the things I've learned is I have a right to change my mind. And if I can change my mind, uh, that may be, be the better way to go. Um, so, Reality is, where, do, where am I at today, particularly about my, uh, my disease? Be brutally honest about where I am today. And then, where do I need to go? Uh, what, is, what is reality there? I mean, there's different customs. I mean, this is a worldwide network that we're on. You know, the things that are acceptable in the U.S. may not be acceptable over in this part of the world, and things that are acceptable over there aren't acceptable in this part of the world. But I have to understand that that's the culture and the acceptance of that, that area, that region, that culture, that faith. That's another thing is acceptance of faith. You know, we talk about our higher power, our creator, God of our understanding, God. I don't care. You know, you just need one, my view, uh, to be to be successful in this. And and I had one that was uh, of an eight year old when I came in the program. So, reality is being honest with yourself up here and in your heart is mine. Okay, Daniel. Yes, thanks, Ron. Um, we have another question from um, from Vivek, and it's actually a great question. I think a lot of people have this issue. And he says, um, I appreciate your ideas, but the thought of accepting the fact that I will always be a sexaholic is very depressing to me. How can I overcome such depressing feelings? The way I do it, is I think I'm blessed. Okay. I spent over a half a century in my addiction and it never gave me any peace, satisfaction or anything like that. Um, I think, feel that the majority of men in this world because our society, and I'm going to use the U.S. society if I could, uh, does not accept certain behavior. And I, uh, I think my creator didn't. I mean, I've, I'm on my third marriage and last marriage. And I was talking with somebody the other day about marriage and stuff. And, and I said, well, I guess I'm a failure at long-term commitments. 
And they said, why? And I said, I've been married three times. And the person said, well, that's true. But you could also call this, this is your first marriage in recovery. You know, I don't know where the statistics are. I've seen a lot of different ones. I do know this. This is pretty universal. One in four males have been sexually molested by the time they're 18. They'll just say that's 20, 25% of the male population in this world qualifies to be in this program. What would this world look like if 25%, one in every four men you knew, was in a SA program? How many years did you stay out there? How many years were you suffering? I don't know. I don't have to do that anymore. I don't have to be driven by lust. Um, I consider myself one of the blessed people. I finally made it to an essay room. I finally found out the problem. You know, it's like... It's like being sick with whatever else you have. And anytime you're physically sick, and if it doesn't go away in three days or 10 days or whatever, and you finally go to the doctor, aren't you relieved to know what it is? I mean, even if it's cancer, wow, I got cancer. Now I know what the problem is. There's hope. The medical world today says, you know, well, I heard, heard a guy talk about his grandson, 13 years old. He had a cancer thing and they, something happened and they finally had to go in and operate. You know, and he's going to be well one day because they can, can. But for two weeks or a week and a half, they didn't know what was wrong. Well, we think he has this. We think he has that. We, and they finally got the diagnosis. I'm, I'm a sex addict. And, and that's okay. I am blessed to find out what my problem is. Now I can work on the solutions to it. That's how I approach it. Anything else, Daniel? Um, thank you so much. Um, we have a, a, just a, a comment from Bernadette saying, uh, no question, just an expression of deep appreciation for this. And uh, I also have a deep appreciation for this. For me, acceptance is the, uh, I, I, I uh, just, just to briefly share for a second because I have that right as I'm the only other guy in this room. I have uh, an amazing, uh, I've seen the miracles happen in my life once I accept. If I'm not an acceptance, then I'm pushing against everything and, 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 and it's, all, it's a world of friction. But once, yep. and, and, and this actually happened in my in my disclosure with my wife when uh, when I when I accepted that this is exactly how it was going to be, and I just had to deal with it and let her let her be in pain, and whatever happened would happen, even if it means that she wouldn't invite me back into the house. Within within twenty four hours, I was invited back into the house. The miracle happened um, because I was in acceptance. Um, and also, I find uh, I don't think I don't think you, you mentioned even once Dr. Paul's um, story, which of course is all about acceptance. And I found you know um, incredible strength reading that, especially when I myself am disturbed. And I'm still young. I'm still young in sobriety. We're only a couple of years, just about. Um, and I wake up in the morning and I'll have an emotional hangover. And um, nothing fixes me more than sitting down, especially because I'm a, a crazy codependent, and sitting down and reading that amazing story from Dr. Paul and reminding myself how acceptance is the answer to all my problems today. Um, um, I have a question from Shim. I hear a lot about acceptance. When I'm deciding accepting change, can I both one or the other? Well, I'll, I'll share this. I think it's it's a combination for my case. Um, in my morning and evening prayer, um, part of the 11th strip prayer is prayer for knowledge of God's will for my life 
And I always ask for the courage to follow that. Now I understand what God's will is. Sometimes it's very uncomfortable. It's very, very difficult. So I need courage to do that. You know, I will go back to what you were talking about, Daniel, is also in that story, the guy talks about, you know, when I focus on the problem, the problem increases. When I focus on the solutions, I get more answers or solutions to the problem. And so where's my focus? Uh, and, And so, again, I've learned to one of the things I do, I, I am not allowed to do negative self-talk for me. You know, uh, you know, I shared not too long ago with somebody. Uh, one day I was fixing a big plate of pasta. My wife was home. I fixed it. Wasn't home. I fixed it for myself. And I'm going to go in the living room and and eat it and watch some TV program. So I got my hands full with it and this. And so happens that the plate of pasta falls out of my hand and turned upside down and the plates laying there and you cannot see any pasta. And years back, I would have just beat myself up about how dumb this was. And I thought, wow, I bet if I dumped another hundred plates of pasta, I couldn't get it that perfect where it's all right under the plate. So I picked up the plate, cleaned it up, and made myself another pot. Negative self-talk is one of my was one of my biggest enemies. So it's not allowed anymore. In in and that's part of acceptance that I'm not perfect. I never was, but I thought I always was and had to be perfect. And somebody says, do you know how to ride a bike? And I said, yes. Could you ride it perfect the first time you got on it? No. I never did anything perfect the first time. I had to learn to do it. It's like learning how to, we talk about working the steps, working the steps. Well, I work the steps until they become intuitive, part of my life. And, And that's the way I live. And it's a great way to live. I have more joy in my life packed in the last 13 years than, than in the rest of my life. And it doesn't mean my life's perfect. There's challenges. That's life. And I need to accept that. But I am thankful every day I have the tools to, to do this, to get there, uh, to, to find that serenity, that happy place. I mean, I took a class on serenity, and I saw the other day, one of the places that this was is in this class was draw a picture of the place you can go in your mind that you can relax. Uh, and for me, that involved uh, a beach and water and great sun. And so acceptance is, is that's the first leg of, of getting anywhere. You know, except that um, I got the job, except that I didn't get the job, uh, except that uh, my kid's going to go to college, my kid's not going to go to college. I can't control anything outside of about two foot of me. And that's the, again, the first rule of life. The only thing I'm ever going to change is me. And if I can accept that, I have a good start on having a good day. Um, I see my time is just about up, but Daniel, I want to thank you and everybody that worked with you on this. This is a great honor. Um, and thank you for your service work. Uh, I hope you're right in how this is done for your predecessor person that's going to follow you and give them good directions because this is, this is, this is going to be, I think we can all look forward to and enjoy and learn. I've been on the last, I got notes from it and the Oscars on and I'm probably going to make notes of Oscar and all the other people. Thank you, buddy. Thank you so much. Maybe you want to lead us out in a, in a program prayer for the hour? Uh, yes, let's do the, uh, 
seventh breath. My creator, I am now willing that you should have all of me. But if I pray that you now remove from me every single that stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows. Grant me strength as I go out from here to do your bidding. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Ron.